Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. And training camp, my friends, is open. The Eagles reported today, all of them present. Well, the only exception, by the way, of Hassan Reddick, who uh, just did not just participate today because of a minor groin injury, nothing to be concerned about. Otherwise, everybody else was there. And, uh, you know, including all of the new Eagles for the season. You know, new by meaning of the rookies uh, who have all participated today. So, um, good to see that, obviously. And it's time to get the blood flowing. I know it was for me, man. It's exciting times. This is almost like, I don't know if I'd say Christmas morning. That's almost like, I consider it like draft day as well as opening, you know, the home opener or the season opener really to be like Christmas day. This is like the second, second closest thing to that. You know, when training camp opens and you get the Eagles back on the field after, um, you know, the long uh, off season. So uh, Eagles are back at it. I've got some news and tidbits and we'll hear from Jalen Hurts coming up here momentarily, but uh, I wanted to, you know, give you the website here to email us at the show. Uh, give us your thoughts on the upcoming season. Let us know you're out there. Say hello. Drop us a hi. Um, ask any questions. All that kind of, you know, the opportunity is there for you to communicate with the program directly. And uh, how to do that? Well, you email us at petwgp at gmail.com. Again, that is petwgp at gmail.com. All right. Thank you for tuning in. As always, let's dive right into it, not waste another moment. So let's talk about the core four. It was a topic that came up in discussion during a press conference today, um, asking basically the core four players uh, how it is to be back once again and, and to be back together once again. The core four, of course, being, being uh, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and Lane Johnson. And it is really remarkable. I don't know if there's any other team in the league that can have that can say that they have four players that have been together as long as as those guys. I, I don't think there is, um, especially as as good as those guys are. Because a lot of times, players of that caliber, um, you know, three of them are potential Hall of Famers. You know, Kelsey's pretty much in. Lane Johnson, I think, is a solid chance, and Fletcher Cox has got a, a probably a shot to get into the Hall of Fame. And Brandon Graham, if he didn't get off to such a slow start in his career with injuries and kind of being bounced around between coaches and almost cut at one point, um, he's definitely an Eagles, you know, Hall of Famer. But uh, you know, he won't be a NFL Hall of Famer. But BG, everybody loves BG. And uh, but anyway, you know, the core four. It's uh, this could be the last season that they're all here, and mainly because this could very well be Kelsey's last year, and perhaps even Brandon Graham's last year. Uh, and I mean just last year overall, meaning that they uh, are likely to retire, especially Kelsey uh, and Graham, very possible as well. And even Cox, you know. I mean, think about this. If, if the Eagles do win the Super Bowl hypothetically this year, you might see all three of those guys retire, Cox, Graham, and Kelsey. I think Johnson Lane's probably got another three or four years left. But, um, but you know, 
the point is that this could be the last season in training camp that these four are all here. Um, and I think it's actually very likely because I think out of all those guys, Kelsey is, I've already said that he's probably not coming back. I just have a feeling this is it for Kelsey. This is going to be his swan song year. But anyway, um, I watched the press conferences today. Again, I'm going to play a piece from Jalen Hurts here coming up. But uh, Brandon Graham had some really good things to say about Barnett, who I know is a polarizing figure on the Eagles. Um, you know, Barnett is certainly a guy that has not had uh, lived up to the expectations, I should say, uh, of a first-round pick. Um, Derek Barnett certainly has not. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you. I'm not trying to say that he has. But uh, what I've been only saying about Barnett as a defender of him is that he, you would think, listening to some Eagle fans out there, that the guy sucks. And he doesn't suck. And there's nothing in his game at all that says that he stinks or sucks. Um, but, you know, the some you know the, some parts of our fan base that just love to – to say those type of things about players and they just really have no idea what they're talking about. Um, Barnett does not suck. Uh, does he make stupid penalties? Absolutely. And that is the most frustrating part of his game. And as he's now in the uh, sort of prime of his career, there's really, there was never any excuses for it, even when he was a young player. But, uh, you know, if they're to happen again, again this year, then there's just really no excuse for it at all. He's an older player. He's a veteran. And that type of stuff has got to has got to stop. And I also said that a lot of the flags, because he has a reputation now in the league, were kind of unwarranted too. I mean, he didn't play last year because he got injured. You know, he uh, tore his uh, uh, I can't remember if it was his knee. I think it was his knee. Uh, I believe it was his knee. Yeah, um, last season and didn't play a snap. But um, but uh, you know, so they didn't play. He didn't play at all last year. But the season before, there was a lot of flags that were very iffy that was called on him. So, um, but I'm not making excuses for him because he does get the stupid penalty. I'm never I'm not going to debate that. What I will debate is his ability on the field. He's a pretty good player. He's not a bust by any stretch. He gets a decent pass rush. He plays the run very well. He's a good player. He's not a number one draft pick star player. Definitely not. But Brandon Graham in today's press conference basically said that he's been trying to keep Barnett's spirits up by telling him, listen, I didn't have a great start here in Philly either, you know, and he was on the cutting block. You guys can go back uh, like I can. You know, Brandon Graham during his first few years here, they were wondering if he was going to be cut. And I was one of the ones, I didn't have a podcast back then, but I was defending Brandon Graham because I saw his talent. I mean, he always passed the eye test for me, even when he had the limited playing time, even when they moved him back and tried him at linebacker for a while. I mean, he always gave the effort. And I just, I was, I would have been fuming if they had cut Brandon Graham. Thankfully, they didn't. And then they, you know, plugged him in, just let him go. And he obviously became the great player that he's become. But he was very close to being cut, just released. Not even traded, just outright released. That's how close he came. You know, he had an early uh, knee injury as well in his Eagles career, you know, so he had to fight back from that as well. So basically, he's a perfect guy, an example. He could point right to himself and say, hey, listen, I went through a very tough four or five years to start my Eagles career, and, and you know, I persevered. I fought through it. He used it as a motivator. And became a great, great player. Such a key 
uh, figure on this team. I don't think anybody would dispute that now about Brandon Graham. And Barnett could do the same thing. I mean, who's to say that Barnett can't do the same thing? So you can argue that Barnett's had a better start than Brandon Graham had in his career here. I think he did. Hey, Barnett's been never been close to being cut. So we'll see. I I, I think uh, Barnett deserves another shot. I think he deserves playing time. And I think those of you who are doubters out there, uh, in my opinion, will be hopefully pleasantly surprised at what Brent, uh, Derek Barnett can uh, can contribute to this team. And and so I hope they don't trade him because uh, you know there's rumors out there they might be on a you know they might trade him. Um, or you might not make the roster again. You know that that's kind of, you know, because he didn't play last year and he's only on a one-year deal. You know, he could be a camp casualty. We'll see. So, but I think he needs to have a strong camp, and I'm hoping and rooting for him to make the team. Um, Fletcher Cox talked about Jalen Carter, and you know how he's looked so far, and he had some good things to say about him. I don't, not like he's not going to say anything good about him. So, I mean, I don't know how much that's really breaking news. But, um, you know, Cox looks like he's in really good shape. So, that's a good thing. Uh, Lane Johnson just talked about, you know, uh, Jurgens, who, by the way, if there's any breaking news in this camp today, it is the fact that uh, Jurgens is the, right now, starting at right guard, at least to start camp. And, and Sirianni confirmed that as well. Um, so he's going to get this, the top or first shot at it, um, which, you know, I talked about in, in a previous podcast that I thought that that was going to be the case. Um, I also said to keep an eye on, you know, guys like Driscoll um, and Sleen, I think, is probably ultimately who they want to. Well, we know that he's the long term plan at, at right guard. Because being that this is likely Kelsey's last year, Jurgens will be playing center next year. So, um, but, um, you know, and Dennis Kelly coming in gives the Eagles a lot of flexibility now in the offensive line. So, um, but anyway, Lane Johnson looks to be in great shape, great mental mentality. He says he's feeling great. Um, Brandon Graham said he's feeling great. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just exciting to hear from those guys. They are true leaders of the team along with Jalen and, um, uh, you know, there was a couple of reports today that, um, which I like to hear this kind of stuff because I like hard coaches. When I played football, I had hard coaches, you know, and I didn't play, you know, in college and I didn't play certainly at a professional level. But even back when I played in the, uh, you know, the midget football, youth football, and then through high school, I had hard coaches. They didn't mess around and they didn't uh, deal with mistakes, you know. And uh, apparently Sirianni, there was some pre-snap penalties today during uh, during some of the drills, and reports are that Sirianni went off. Like, he was yelling at him at practice. Apparently, he even has a bullhorn this year, which is interesting. But uh, he went off on him. So he's I think Sirianni's trying to set the tone that, listen, you know, we're coming off a Super Bowl, but we got to work our asses off to get back there. And we're not going to let, uh, let little things like that slide. Pre-snap penalties probably piss a coach off more than anything else. So, um, you know, I thought that was kind of interesting to uh that's a report that came out but um so Jalen Jalen was asked about you know how is he you know coming into this season how is he sort of resetting himself 
after the Super Bowl loss and um, what's his mentality going into the season. So let's hear from our Pro Bowl runner-up to the MVP quarterback. Here's Jalen Hurts earlier today. More so just setting the priorities for what for what, um, for what I had personally for myself and, um, you know, setting those things. You know, you understand that things have to happen for you to move forward, you know, and if you fail, you want to fail for it. And, um, you know, we know what we know where our goals are, um, but it's a day by day process in that. And that's why um, times like this, this time of the year is, is very important for found, for the foundation of what the team will be. So we just want to continue to go out there and compete. Um, I'm excited to, you know, compete with them every day, compete together every day to make each other better. So if you're going to fail, fail forward. It's comments like that that you just love the fact that that guy is our quarterback. So, you know, certainly last season wasn't a failure, you know, when you're running up to the Super Bowl. But ultimately, his point is they didn't finish the job. And if you're going to fail, fail forward. I loved hearing that. It's good advice, not only for football, but just in life in general. We're all human. We're all going to fail. Nobody's perfect. But pick yourself up off the turf and fail forward. Don't let it hold you back. Don't let it set you back. That's the message from our leader, from our quarterback, Jalen Hurts. That's why we love him. That's why we love the guy. So, um, good stuff from Jalen. Christian Ellis. I talked about him last podcast. He's my sort of... um, I don't know what I want to call him. My sleeper. <laughs> My sleeper pick, I guess, to uh, not only make the team, but potentially get in a starting role. And he had another impressive day at camp. I guess uh, he intercepted another pass uh, and just looked good. Now, who did he get pick off? Marcus Mariota, who uh, in some reports did not look all that great today. I'm not a big Mariota guy, by the way. So I'll just go on record saying that. I'm not, you know, I think the Eagles could have done better at getting a backup quarterback in here. I hope I'm wrong, obviously. I hope we never use him or need him. That's the most important thing. But I'm not, I mean, I know everyone's like, oh, it's a great move because he's, you know, they don't have to really change the playbook because he can kind of move around and still run the same plays like Hurts does. Yeah, but he can't, I don't know, he can't read defenses as well and he can't throw the ball as well. Okay, so he can run and get a little gain for you. But I'm not a big Mariota guy. I think he's overrated. Uh, I've seen a lot of him, and he's never really impressed me much at all. So I think the Eagles could have done better at the backup QB position. Now, they could have done worse as well. I mean, the guy's got starting experience. So that's always a good thing for a backup. But um, I'm not all that impressed, just on the record. I mean, I, I obviously hope he, he does well here, but um, just not a big Mariota guy. Talked about Jurgens uh, starting a running back. I mean, <laughs> that would be breaking news. That right guard, I should say. Can't even read my own writing. I got RG down there, and I read it as RB. Uh, Sidney Brown, here's kind of an interesting note. He uh, was on the third t- team today during camp. Now, here's a guy that I'm another one of my – I don't know if you want to call him a sleeper. Not quite as much of a sleeper as Christian Ellis is, but um, but Sidney Brown's a guy I'm, work, I'm really hoping uh, makes the team. I mean, I know he's going to make the team, but um, – 
it ends up with a starting gig, but it doesn't look like that may happen. Uh, at least to start the season, he started. They're going to start him off slow, and that, I'm not debating that that's not a bad idea. He's a rookie, and you know you probably want to get him some reps. But I definitely see him advancing as as training camp goes on, and and maybe pushes for that starting starting position. But right now, they had Reed Blankenship and uh, Terrell Edmonds at the starting safety positions, and uh, I, I do think Reed Blankenship will be starting. Um, but that other spot, I think, is open. You know, Terrell Edmonds, again, was there today with the number ones. So we'll see. I mean, I, I hope Sidney Brown, I really would love to see this guy in the field. I really would. I think he's a difference maker type player, or at least he's got that ability. I can't really predict that he is that right now. It's so young in his career. But I, I, I love what I see on tape of that guy. Um, again, we talked about Riddick. No big deal. Not a four-alarm fire by any stretch that he was not uh, – you know, practicing today, he's got a minor groin issue. Um, one of the reporters uh, said that he asked him how he was doing or how he was feeling, and he said, "You know, it's not a not a big deal at all. He's fine, um, but he's probably not going to practice until maybe next week. We're going to give him a little little break." Um, and then Morrow, the uh, other linebacker there that we got from the Bears, um, there's some reports today that he looked pretty good too um, today at camp. So that's good because the linebacker position, as we know is one with a lot of question marks, including even N'Kobe Dean. Because until we see N'Kobe Dean starting, he's a question mark. I mean, we all have high hopes for him. But, you know, until you see it consistently, you know, it's uh, the Eagles are got a lot to answer for there at the linebacker spot. So, um, so yeah. So the Eagles, I think, do not practice tomorrow. I, don't, I think they practice again either Friday or Saturday. Uh, when they're going to get back on the field again, but training camp is underway. A lot of it will be in house and in the uh, in the classrooms and all that, learning the playbook and and uh, you know meeting with the coaches daily and all that and working out and getting and ready and prepping for the season. Um, outside of the Eagles NFL news, you know Justin Herbert signed a big time two hundred sixty something million dollar deal, a five-year deal with a no-trade clause for the Chargers, which now makes him the NFL's most uh, highest-paid player. Um, remember, that was Jalen Hurts not too long ago, and then Lamar Jackson beat him by a few bucks, and now Justin Herbert beats Lamar Jackson by a few bucks. So and the next up will be Joe Burrow, who's just going to be counting his chickens, wondering how much he's going to be you know, offered because uh, he will be the next one to become the NFL's highest-paid player. So um, anybody who's in the Burrow family, uh, you can write me a check anytime you want. I'm glad you accept it. Uh, he's going to be making a fortune very soon, but, you know, he deserves it. I mean, I think Burrow is one of the uh, best, most talented young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I really think he's got a lot of the same sort of leadership qualities that Jalen Hurts has. Uh, I think he's a gamer. I don't think he's, he's not a quitter. He's a He's a leader out there. He's like ice cold during pressure situations. He's got all those intangibles too that you love to see in a, in a young quarterback. Uh, so I, have, I have high praise for Joe Burrow too. I think he's a great, great player, and he's got a potent offense as well, just like Jalen does. You know, he's got Jamar Chase and Higgins and a lot of offensive weapons over there in Cincinnati. So, not a heck of a lot more to talk about. I just wanted to obviously. You know, as I promised you, I will give you as many uh, tidbits of news and keep you up to date 
as, uh, as best as I can as we move through training camp. Um, Saquon Barkley, I'm not sure if during my last podcast if he had signed his uh, contract or not. I don't think he did. But Saquon had, did sign a one-year deal with the Giants. So he will remain in New York. Remember, he was kind of a dispute over the uh, franchise tag. He really didn't do himself many favors. I mean, he's only making like $900,000, which is a lot of money to us. I'm not trying to dismiss that, but for them, it's peanuts. And basically, that's what he was threatening to hold out for is less than a million dollars because the franchise tag, he was guaranteed to make like $10 million. And, and now he just signed for under 11 for a one-year extension. So the Giants will be going through this again next year with Saquon. And um, I guess he's just hoping that the running back market will, you know, head back up again. I don't think so. I think those days are over. I don't know. I feel bad for the running backs in a sense because these are guys put their bodies through a lot during the season. And the value of the running back position is just not where it used to be. And I think the teams are right in, in having that stance. I mean, it's been proven. Look at the two teams in the Super Bowl last year. They don't pay their running backs. Now, the Eagles did have, quote-unquote, a franchise back in Miles Sanders. They decided not to keep him, though. So I guess you can't really call him a franchise back. But my point is he was the number one back, and they didn't sign him. So they let him go, and then they brought in a bunch of uh, guys off the scrap heap. I mean, guys that are good off the scrap heap, but injury-prone and a lot of question marks with them. So... You know, and then you got the Chiefs. Who was their starting running back last year? Pacheco? Pacheco, as I used to call him. Pacheco. I mean, the running back position, unfortunately, is just not one that is valued by teams anymore. And the Eagles were one of the pioneers on that. You know, how he was not paying running backs for the longest time. Really, the last big contract they gave out was to LaShawn McCoy, and that was a while ago. That was back in the, you know, before Chip Kelly. So, and that trend is just spread throughout the league now. And I think Josh Jacobs is is actually threatening to hold out, like not sign the franchise deal and not play. Like he actually apparently, according to reports, left Vegas. So he's not a happy camper. And there's a lot of players outside of running backs that are not happy with, with the fact of what's going on to the running back partners. But it is what it is. You know, there's no conspiracy going on. It's just it's just the market value. It's just basically it's economics, supply and demand. It's really what it is. So, um, I don't know. Interesting. But it's good for the Giants, obviously, because they get their star player. And uh, that team's offense runs through Barkley, so that's that's important for the Giants to lock him up and secure him. So good job by them. And there's also rumors, and we'll we'll have Johnny on uh, in a in a few weeks. We're going to bring a f- couple of guests on the program to talk uh, the, not only about the Eagles but uh, some other divisional foes. So Johnny, our Commanders fan friend, who's been on the podcast in the past, will be back up here on. The, podcast here shortly and uh, we'll ask him about uh, the Washington team and, and there's rumors that they may change their name again just to kind of I guess move on 
fully from the era of their notorious owner. So we'll have some thoughts about that and talk about the NFC East in future podcasts. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm going to plug the uh, email address again because I'd love to hear from you out there. So shoot me a message. P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. And uh, I want to thank all of my podcast sponsors out there, the ones that carry the platform, carry the podcast. And uh, that would be Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, iTunes, and there's various others as well. If you're not able to ever remember which uh, platform carries Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff, you could just simply Google Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff and you'll see and be able to choose whatever uh, whatever your preference would be to listen to the podcast. But uh, it's very easy to find, so I uh, appreciate you listening as always. And like I said, we got future guests coming up on future podcasts as we dive further in as training camp is now underway for the Eagles and um, much more to talk about as we move forward. So I'm looking forward to bringing those podcasts to you and talking more birds. Until then, thank you all for tuning in as always. And uh, I'm sure you're excited. I know I am. Football is back. The Eagles are back down at uh, the Novacare Complex. And we'll be here to bring it to you more going forward. So make sure you tune back to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Thanks again for listening. Fly Eagles Fly and have a good one.